hey, Joe Casaboni here, and I'm just letting you know that how I built it is now Streamlined Solopreneur. So if you're seeing a new artwork and a new name in your podcast player, that is expected and by design. The new name better reflects the mission and really what has been the mission of this show for the last few years, and I'm really excited about it. All the links in the show notes and how I built it will still work, but the show also has a new home over at streamlined.fm if you want to check it out. Thanks so much for listening. The whole strategy behind it is kind of what I call content dripping, which is how do you actually create all of this? How do you repurpose your one piece of anchor content, which can be a podcast, it can be a live stream, it could be a vlog if you wanted to, like some piece of long form audio video content. How can you repurpose it in a way that gives that content so much life and longevity that you're actually creating a legacy out of it. I used to think that promoting my podcast was a matter of tweeting or zeding it and hoping for the best. And while I've learned a ton over the last few years of what to do and what not to do, Deidre Shen still blew my mind as we talked about her traffic pyramid. As the co-founder and CEO of CapShow, an AI tool that helps you create promotional assets for your podcast, she knows a thing or two about how to market and grow your podcast. We'll get into that, plus podcast discoverability tips that changed the way I approach this very show and my audits. Plus, in the pro show, we talk about what it's like building a niche commercial AI tool. Oh, and by the way, towards the end, I apparently had a ton of problems with Deidre's name, which I have pronounced as Deidre and Deirdre before. But don't worry, she properly busts my chops. Look for these top takeaways. There are four tiers to getting traffic to your content, according to Deidre's traffic pyramid. Passive and active organic marketing leveraging other audiences, and paid ads. There are also a ton of ways to improve podcast discoverability, including optimizing title, description, and even artist name for words in your niche and the words that they're searching for, there being your target audience. And the name of the repurposing game is dripping out content from your show and giving the episode a long life. That's why Deidre started Cap Show in the first place. We talk about a ton of stuff, all of which you can find over at howibuilt.it slash 328, including how to get this episode extended and ad-free. Oh, and if you're listening in Apple Podcasts, this show is now an Apple Podcast subscription, so you could subscribe right inside the podcast app. All right, that's enough. Now let's get to the intro. And then the interview. Hey, everybody, and welcome to How I Built It, the podcast that helps busy solopreneurs and creators grow their business without spending too much time on it. I'm your host, Joe Casabona, and each week I bring you interviews and case studies on how to build a better business through smarter processes, time management, and effective content creation. It's like getting free coaching calls from successful solopreneurs. By the end of each episode, you'll have one to three takeaways you can implement today 
to stop spending time in your business and more time on your business or with your friends, your family, reading, or however you choose to spend your free time. All right, I am here with Deidre Shen, the co-founder and CEO of Cap Show, and I'm really excited to talk about this, not only because as we record this, I'm working on a new LinkedIn learning course called Generative AI for Podcasters, but Cap Show has been one of the more useful AI tools for me personally. So DJ, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me, first of all. And second of all, thank you for saying that. It means a lot to know that we can impact people like you and hopefully people like people listening to this and our broader community. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, my pleasure. Actually, a few weeks ago, my interview with Tim Stoddart came out. He spoke at CEX where you and I met. Mm-hmm. And we had what I thought was a really meandering conversation. And I was like, oh man, I'm going to have to like really edit and cut and things like that. But Tim's a pro. So like we just kind of gracefully moved between topics, but I wasn't sure like what the angle was. I ran the raw interview through Cap Show and I was like, of course, like this is the angle that I should do. So like it was a big help because we talked for like an hour and a half. Wow. With the pre and post show. So saved me a ton of time and like helped me find the right story to to kind of tell with Tim's episode. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for saying that. Uh, like from the bottom of my heart, not just because you're saying nice things about Capture, but because we intentionally built Capture in that way to help in ex- exactly the way that you spoke about. So, I mean, it does mean a lot. Awesome. Yeah. And I mean, you know, this is, this is something that I help people with, like podcasting is time consuming and ways to save time are super important. But we'll get into all of that later. (laughs) I want to ask you first, because this came up in our our pre-show, what is the traffic pyramid? Oh, good place to start. Okay. So the traffic pyramid is my framework or strategy on getting traffic, essentially getting an unlimited flow of leads, whether that's for your podcast, for your business, really anything that you're looking to grow. And I kind of stumbled upon this when I was trying to figure this out myself, obviously. I had a coaching business. It was two and a half years ago that I had that. Uh, That was a coaching business that I actually started my first podcast with. And I was struggling. I was on Struggle Street because I was not growing my podcast and I was certainly not growing my business. Uh, We were just doing big fat zeros for months. And until I kind of cobbled together, I was doing a lot of nerding out, you know, all of the internet marketers, all of the people that we know. I was reading all of the books. I was following all the people and I kind of pieced together this way of what everyone was talking about and how they were approaching traffic. And I started testing it on obviously ourselves on my podcast and my coaching business. And I remember it was September 2020 that it was the first month, I think we were probably five months into having started a coaching business of Big Fat Zeros when I actually started getting Stripe notifications coming in and I was like, did someone hack my Stripe account? (laughs) (laughs) But that was our first five-figure month. And since then, we did multiple six figures in that first year of that coaching business. So, All of that to say that this traffic pyramid, when I was able to really distill it and boil it down to the exact areas to focus on for me, I was able to really grow my podcast and off the back of that, grow my business. So I'm really excited to jump into the traffic pyramid. Should I just go straight into it? Yeah. I'm just going to reiterate here that this traffic pyramid helped you go from like Struggle Street, right? 
Yep, to multiple six figures. Multiple six figures. What can we call that? The boardwalk, like from Monopoly, right? <laughs> like if we're going from struggle, <laughs> right? To- How about um, from the struggle bus to the first class? I love it. Private yeah. jet to the private, the private jet. jet. From struggle <laughs> bus to, fr- to private jet. I love it. <laughs> so yeah, let's get into this this traffic pyramid. Yeah, sure. So there are four tiers to the traffic pyramid. The first tier, the bottom, is what I call passive organic marketing. The second is what I call active organic marketing. The third is leveraging other people's audiences. And the fourth is paid ads, scaling through paid ads. All so right. you can see how it's sort of starting to all come together. Because I'm sure, Joe, that you do a lot of this yourself. And this is just putting a framework around think how we think about it, right? So if I start at the bottom, so that passive organic marketing is all of the content that we create relatively passively. It goes from our brains or AI onto a piece of paper or onto a, a recording like this, onto a video, right? This is, we just create the content. And it's I call it passive because it really used to annoy me and frustrate me when I would put all this effort into into creating this content and then I would put it out into the universe. So I'd like post on social media or I'd post it onto YouTube or wherever it was, I'd publish it. And then like nothing really happened. I Like that, it's really frustrating, right? Because you put all this effort into it and then nothing really happened. So... Yeah, anyway, that really frustrated me. So I was like, I'm going to call this out because the thing is that doing that is still incredibly important. It's frustrating because you don't feel like anything's happening, but it's so, because all of this content that we're creating is the nucleus of everything else that you're going to become known for. So that's why I call it passive because we kind of put it out there and then we sit back and we pat ourselves on the shoulders and we're like, yeah, good job. We did the thing, Um, but... We didn't really, because then we have to get into the tier above that, which is active organic marketing. I just want to say here, I love that you called it like the nucleus. It's not, everybody doesn't see it, but it's 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 still really important. It's almost like our, our smaller building blocks. right? Yeah, now. for sure. And that's the thing too, because, you know, at the time when I had my first podcast uh, with the coaching business, it <laughs> it wasn't growing, right? It just, it just wasn't. And I was like, this is... Everyone told me, my mentors told me, other coaches told me that I should start a podcast because a podcast is a great way to find your voice, build your authority, all of that. But I was like, but it's not really, because I'm economically minded. I'm like, it's not actually doing anything for me until I figured out this next tier, which is the active organic marketing part, which is how do you actually get that content that you're creating and that you have to create that, as you said, is the nucleus of everything else that you're going to do. How do you actually make that active and start working for you. Because right now, a lot of us, and I used to think this, was like, I just feel like I'm slogging, I'm working to create content without any results. And when we flip that narrative and we're like, actually, we're creating this content so that it can actually work for us, then that actually starts to make it like a good use of time, right? That actually starts to make it like, yeah, this is something that I should be doing and focusing on more. And the way that we make it active. So I think about this very intentionally depending on what platforms we want to be on because there's a whole, you know, there's a whole host of different ways that we can be doing this. We can make our content active, for example, on search-based platforms, you know, the Googles, the the YouTubes, et cetera. And we do this through being very intentional with our SEO optimization. 
how do we actually get found? And SEO optimization, I mean, I could just nerd it, and maybe we will, we'll nerd out a, a little bit later, but <laughs> yeah. you know, there's so many factors that go into that that is not, like the key word is just the start. There's actually so much more that goes into that. So that's one part of how to make your content active. Another part is how do you start to make it visible? How do you actually get it working on the likes of those social media platforms when you feel like you're just you know, shouting to the void? <laughs> uh, how do you actually make it work on social media? And really that comes down to knowing what those platforms were designed for, which is all about community building and engagement. And when I was able to crack this nut, then man, social media became a completely different ball game for me rather than just being one of those like microphone things where it's like, okay, I'm going to post and then right. ghost. Yeah, It was actually enjoyable because I was like actually getting engagement. I was actually, it was fun. It became fun. So, you know, that's, you know, from a visibility perspective, how you can make your content active. And then there's a whole host of other things too, like how do you do, you know, the likes of organic outreach and things like that to actually get eyeballs on your content and on you. So there's, as I said, there's a whole variety of ways to actually make your content active, but those are some of the, the overviews. Yeah, I want to touch on this really quick, right? Because I think I have this problem too, a lot, I think, which is like I'll post and ghost, as you yes. said. <laughs> I'm like, even interacting on Twitter, I'm not like really intentional about it. I just kind of like interact to what I see. But this is almost like going to a party and then being a wallflower, right? Like, uh, yeah, I showed up to the party, but nobody remembered I was there for some reason. It's because you didn't talk to anybody, right? You got to talk to people and and learn about them and, you know, have good conversations. Yes, exactly. It's actually, I would take that analogy one step further with what we do sometimes, which is it's like going to a party, getting on stage, shouting out, yelling that you have this thing. For example, you've just dropped a podcast episode or whatever. And then, and then. <laughs> just leaving. And they're just leaving, right? Like that's actually what you're doing. Oh, that's so funny. And like, imagine how weird that would be, right? right. If you just saw exactly. somebody who's like, hey, buy my book and then leave. <laughs> Yeah. Like, who was that guy? What was exactly. his book? <laughs> right, exactly. And that's what we do all yeah. the time on social media. And I, yeah, anyway, that is not the way that you need to be approaching oh, social so media. Funny. <laughs> okay, so we've got passive and active organic marketing. What was yes. number three? Number three is leveraging other people's audiences. So this is kind of taking a little bit of a turn, but it is goes by the names like Dream 100. And for podcasters, actually, it gets to be relatively simple for us because, you know, guesting is something that we just do naturally. So that's, again, that's one part of it. That's an easy way to to do it. But, you know, there's so many other strategies that we can leverage other people's audiences. Like for me, for example, I hold virtual summits every year. I know that there are, I do like blog, you know, I think we're working on something together, Joe, around, you know, collaborating on blog posts and doing guest swaps. And there are so many different ways that you can be leveraging other people's audiences. It's just how do you be creative? How do you work out what the goal is that you want from it, but also what the goal is that the person you're reaching out to or wanting to work with, what goal do they have? And also importantly, what's the goal of their audience? Like what would their audience want? And if you can make that work, oh my gosh, the synergies that come out of that is just magic. Yeah, this is so good. And this is like the number one reason that I reject guest pitches is because they talk more about themselves than than my audience and what they can give my audience. So like you definitely want to do that. And the the thing I'll add here, right, is it should be like lookalike audiences to yours, right? Like I tell People who have listened to the show have probably heard this, but I'm a big fan of Friends, like the TV show Friends. Yeah. And there was, in season one, they were getting like 16, 17 million views 
per week, probably on, on Thursday nights mostly. In the 90s, you watched the show when it came out and that yes. was it. <laughs> I forgot what that was like. I know, right? Yeah. Like I told my daughter that she's six and I'm like, uh, when I was a kid, we couldn't just watch whatever we wanted whenever we wanted. And she was like, what? Uh, <laughs> but, and then they did in the middle of that season, they did a, a two-part crossover episode with the cast of Mad About You and the cast of ER both NBC shows about young 20-something professionals. And after that, they saw 26, 27 million views per episode. So like finding the right lookalike audiences and and doing those crossover episodes or leveraging other audiences is super effective and has been done for a long time. Yeah, 100%. And I would say, you know, the reason why, and I don't know if you do this, Joe, but the reason why I put it as the third tier kind of, and these are loosely sequential. The reason why is because a lot of times when you do reach out, people are going to look at what you've created before. Yeah. You know, they're going to want to see that you've got some credibility or you know what you're talking about. So it's not impossible, harder to make the third tier work in isolation without having done the first and second tiers. Right. If you're going to show up and be like, hey, I want to talk to your audience about X, Y, Z, then you need to, you got to have the receipts. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. So that was leverage other audiences. And the number four, I think, was... Scaling through paid ads, yeah. Paid ads, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. So I think we, hopefully we all know, and I, I say hopefully because I surely did not know this. I tried building my coaching business off the back of ads and that was a disaster. So, you know, <laughs> I very intentionally, we put this on the top because it's like you need to have your organic strategy dialed in first you need to know what it is that people actually resonate with. And, you know, that's why podcasting is so powerful because it is such a good medium for you to find your voice. Find that, you need to find that voice and then putting money behind that becomes a no-brainer. So we've all like paid that ad tax, I think, right? (laughs) Like where it's just like, I have this blog post or this webinar I'm doing, so I'm just going to make ads for it. But then like, you have no idea, right? It's it's like paying to get up on that stage at the party shouting, I buy my book and leave them, right? (laughs) (laughs) Love it. This this analogy just keeps on giving. So good. (laughs) (laughs) So you need to have the organic strategy first. So how do you know, right? Like this is like, I've been afraid to to try paid ads like since the scorn. (laughs) So like, is it like, you have a piece of content that's doing well or you have, I guess it really depends on the platform as well. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about podcasting because I, it's top of mind because I just spoke to Mike Whiston, who's the CEO of Mopod. He did a masterclass and then I'm going to do a podcast episode with him. But I asked him a similar question. Like, how do you, how would you know? Because his whole business, Mopod, by the way, just as an aside, it's like a web-based ads platform for your podcast. So it oh, helps cool. you get listeners through web-based ads. And he has the same approach, which is dial in your organic strategy first before you invest even with Mopod. And that's his whole business, right? (laughs) So I was like, okay, cool. Tell me more about how do you know? How do you know when this is dialed in? And his viewpoint was very much like everything's about trends. So for example, if you can see that your podcast is growing and not decreasing, if if people are listening to longer in your episodes, then you know that then you're onto something. If your podcast is kind of, it's trending down, that's when you know, like you really have to dig into that. Why are you losing your listeners rather than them sticking on? There's something a little bit broken there. There's something that needs to be fixed because putting ads or paid money behind that is not going to (laughs) fix it, right? You have to first work that bit out and then putting money behind it is 
it just makes sense. Gotcha. So if you're trending up and you're growing, invest in that. Yeah. And if it's trending down, investigate. Yes. In oh, yeah. I love that. Nice. <laughs> I'll link to I'll link to Mopods and everything we talk about yeah. in the show notes over at How I Built It slash three two eight. How I Built It slash three two eight. So this is really good, right? Because again, you don't want to. You know, it's it's you're not going to advertise for the Titanic after it hits the iceberg, right? Yeah. Well, maybe that's too soon with the, with the <laughs> yeah. news, True. but yeah. it's like top of mind. Yes. You want to make sure that whatever you're doing is working before you bring people to your platform. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Very cool. All right. So the pyramid, four tiers to the pyramid. This is like Maslow's hierarchy <laughs> of needs is, is maybe what I'm seeing in my head. Yeah. Passive Organic marketing at the bottom, then active organic on up from that, leverage other audiences, the penultimate one in this pyramid, and then paid ads at the top. Love it. Now, you mentioned podcast discoverability, right? So let's say that this audience is not quite ready for the paid ads part. Maybe they're trying to figure out, how do I get people to discover me? What's Maybe what's the active organic? Maybe what's the passive organic? But you mentioned SEO, and I feel like SEO is not often considered in the podcast discoverability side of things. Because, I mean, it's still very young, right? Like the internet's been around for almost 40 years. Like podcasting is still a relative, even like even the people who say they've been podcasting since like 2001, right? They were just like uploading audio to the internet, right? Podcasting (laughs) wasn't really a thing until like several years later still. So what are some of the tenets of podcast discoverability specifically? Yes. Oh gosh, I could net out on this forever. Okay, so in my Same. mind, there are, <laughs> so I kind of there, there are two parts to getting discovered. And when I say discoverability, I'm I'm very intentionally meaning search through an intent. So with someone they have a question in their mind, they want an answer, and they're going somewhere to look for it which is different to what I call visibility, which is where I put more social media in. And I know social media has some search functionality, things like that. But really, by and large, people still use it to scroll and discover. They're scrolling and they just like happen to come upon something, right? So that's, you need to get visible on those platforms. But discoverability is like, you want to get discovered through an intent that someone has. Yeah, for for context, right? I think this was last year, someone shared on this show that the lifetime of a tweet is like 21 minutes. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to be visible for those 20 minutes, right? That's exactly, like, exactly. No one's going yeah. to Twitter and, search, and like keyword searching for your stuff there. Probably. Yeah, no. <laughs> so when we think about search then, let's talk about the podcast. There's two main, in my mind, two main platforms that we want to be creating search capability for. So one is inside the podcast app, inside the player. So we're talking iTunes, we're talking Spotify, we're talking over like Pocket Cast, any of the yeah. in-app players, right? The, the directories, right? The directories, yeah, 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 exactly. And then the other type of search is the World Wide Web. It's, with, it's the Google, it's YouTube, it's even Pinterest, like anywhere where people are going to actually put in a question or a keyword to search for something. So those are the two from a podcasting perspective that we break it down into. Yeah, actually, I want to ask you here, right? Because like, again, I was doing an audit and I was talking about how important like title, description, whatever is. Yes. And somebody said, I mean, is inside the directory that important though? Like are people just searching for stuff in the directory? And I I mean, I said, yeah, right? Like, (laughs) I mean, if you're looking for a podcast, 
at least if you're not Gen Z, right? And you're just kind of like scrolling TikTok style through Spotify. Yes. You're probably going to go in your podcast app and search for like some term, right? Yes. For marketing or podcasting or solopreneur or whatever. Yeah. That's actually how most people find new podcasts. You know, apart from maybe if they hear an ad for one on, on another podcast I've been listening to. But apart from that, they're going in and they're searching in their favorite player. And so it is actually really, really important to try to get this or to at least work on it to try to optimize it as much as possible. So in speaking to Voxelize, the CEO of Voxelize, Alexis, so he also did a mastermind and podcast episode on my podcast, Grow My Podcast Show. And he boiled discoverability in app to five things. The first is the show title. So the actual podcast title. The author. Now, this is, this is an interesting one, or the artist, because I didn't actually think about this, but he was like, you know, given that the genesis of iTunes was very much around music, mm-hmm. the artist is actually holds a lot of currency in yeah. a platform like that. So that actually helps get discovered way more. So that's the second. The third is the show description. So that's the description for the podcast at the podcast level, the, the show level. And then the fourth and fifth is at the episode level. So the episode title and the episode description. So that's kind of the five levers that we can pull in order. So I think we know that a lot of SEO-ness is driven off keywords. So looking at your title, looking at your even your artist name, looking at your description, how do you use keywords smartly? Because we never want to stuff, this is like SEO 101, you know, don't stuff your, you know, your titles and your descriptions that show with keywords, but you want to be able to integrate your keywords in a human natural way. So always think about that. And then episode title and description is the same thing, but hint, and I know like Capture can help you with that. (laughs) (laughs) So that actually makes it really, really easy um, for you to do. So that's kind of, yeah, when when we talk about in-app search, that's, those are the five things we think about. Yeah, I like that. I didn't even consider author artist, right? Because I, I mean like, so mine used to be the same name as my show, right? And that's probably where you're falling down, right? You want to... I since changed it to my name, right? Or like if you have a company, right, that you want to be representative or found there, I'm I'm going to guess probably one of those. You definitely don't want it to be the same name as your show because yeah, it's already def- there. Definitely not. And I would actually put, you want to take it a step further almost, Joe, and definitely use your name, but almost then what you do or what it is you known for. So if you're like Uh-oh. a podcast growth coach, then, you know, it's Joe Casabona, podcast growth coach, or, you yeah. know, because those are keywords as well that people are looking for. Mm, gosh, that's so smart. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're like blowing my mind right now. <laughs> and so, because like this is, like I've thought of four of the five. I include four of those five in my audit. And I've just recently started telling people like their titles, like shout out to Holly Arnett. She has a, a show called Brand Your Passion. And in the audit, I said like, oh, your name is good. Like it tells people, right, like what, what you do, what they can expect. But now I would tell her, and I actually included this in a follow-up, I would probably tell her to include like her niche, right? Like brand your passion, right? The pot, mm-hmm. Like helping X do Y, right? Yes. And that's where it's not keyword stuffing, right? Like if you look at like Tim Ferriss or like some other shows where they're like, the show for solopreneurs and creators and business owners. And I'm like, <laughs> now you're like, if it's just a comma separated list, that's keyword stuffing. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, 100%. So yeah, you're, you're exactly on the right track because those are the things that people search for. They're like, I want to find something that's specifically for me as this particular type of coach or business owner or entrepreneur or creator or whatever. And so the more specific that you can make it, the more niche down, then the better. Look, you're listening to this show because you're a creator or solopreneur and you need to grow your business. That goes hand in hand with building your authority. And there are few things that build your authority faster than being a published author. As a five times published author, I know. You're likely already creating content to help you achieve this goal. Writing blog posts, creating videos, maybe even hosting a podcast. A book is the best way to get your content off the airwaves and into the hands of your fans. It's also a great way to diversify your revenue streams. But as someone who self-published and distributed one of my own books, I can tell you it's a huge pain. That's where Lulu comes in. Instead of having to figure out how to print, sell, and ship your book by yourself, let Lulu help. Lulu's e-commerce plugins allow you to sell books directly to your fans from your site while they handle all of the printing and shipping. You keep creative control, customer data, and 100% of your profits. Create a free account today at lulu.com. And thanks so much to Lulu for sponsoring this show. Hey there, I want to tell you about Sensei. Sensei is the original solution for creating and selling online courses with WordPress, and it's back and better than ever. As a course creator with Sensei, you get complete ownership over your content and the freedom to customize as much as you need. Sensei has vastly improved the course creation experience, adding a customizable distraction-free mode, video and lesson progression, powerful reporting, and a full set of interactive content blocks. And those blocks, like flashcards, image hotspots, and interactive videos, can be added to any page or post, not just the courses. The goal of Sensei is to make it effortless for course creators to develop personalized instruction for learners. And while Sensei is free to start, you can save 20% on Sensei Pro, allowing you to charge for courses, drip out content, manage groups and cohorts, and leverage new AI tools. Just go to howibuilt.it slash sensei to have the discount automatically applied. That's howibuilt.it slash S-E-N-S-E-I. Hey, real quick before we get back into the episode, I want to tell you about my free newsletter, Podcast Workflows. If you are wondering how I can successfully run this show, plus two other shows, plus run a business, plus run three children, Podcast Workflows is for you. You will get weekly emails with behind-the-scenes look on how I produce this show, experiments I am trying with other podcasts, and general advice to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. You'll also have the opportunity to become a member and get ad-free extended episodes of this show as well as bonus content. You can do all of that over at podcastworkflows.com slash join. That's podcastworkflows.com slash join. Sign up for free today. And the other thing I would love to get your your thoughts on this, because I feel like this is a, a drum I bang, but like I don't really talk to other experts about it, right? Is 
you want to nix in this show and you want to nix like in this episode, right? Like, like those are kind of redundant, right? Mm-hmm. At least don't start with that, yes. right? I'm not saying like don't have the words in this episode anywhere, but like the first three words of your description should not be in this episode. No, yes, 100%, that's right. And because again, if we think about when when humans read it, it's it's kind of fine, but it's like optimizing it for the machines, but really in the context of the human. So human reading in this episode is like not the end of the world. But when you then have the machine overlay, it's like you are kind of wasting real estate. Right. By saying that because it's just so unnecessary. Yeah, like we all know it's an episode. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, definitely I'm on the same page as you. Don't use those words at the beginning. I want to give a shout out to my friend Maddie. She has a book called Writing for Humans and Robots. I interviewed her on the show, so I will also link that in the show notes. As well as Voxelize, I want to give that a shout out because I heard about it on your show, which is called Grow My Podcast Show. Grow My Podcast Show, right. I always omit the my podcast part, but like Grow Your Show is a different show. Yes. Grow My Podcast Show. I'll link that in the show notes too, but you should just find that in whatever app you're listening to right now. But I signed up for Voxelize after hearing about it on your show and I love it. I'm like, I'm a huge data nerd and I've made some optimizations to my description and my, even though my show is like, Going on eight years old, right? It's changed a bit and it saw early success, but you got to always experiment, right? It's a living, breathing thing. 100%. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So that's, um, yeah, that's in-app search. And then should we touch on search engine search? Yeah. Yes. And I think like more people probably understand this a little better, but again, like in the context of podcasts and not like long form, is it just like have a transcript or there's, is there more? Right. Yeah, like, yeah. I think about it very, very differently, actually, because I do get asked all the time, like, isn't it? And some people do this and some people actually, which kind of worries me a little bit, like they do, they're just like, yeah, just put a transcript up as the blog and that's it. And I was like, no, don't do it. Please that's, don't do that. It's so bad to read. Like that's yes, for exactly. accessibility purposes. And like, yeah, I mean, like those terms will show up in an insight search, but like, yeah. You want a verbatim transcript, and that's just not very good for humans or robots to read. No, exactly, exactly. So this is kind of my hierarchy of, you know, depending on how much time and and what you want to, you know, how much you want to put into it. At a very minimum for podcasters, have your own podcast, like show website at a very minimum. And by the way, if you have your own business, like a lot of uh, my our Capshovians do, then you just put it as a, you know, it's a, just a podcast like tab on the in the navigation. Yeah. I use Podpage for my podcast website. They make it really easy to, you know, edit and bring all the things in. And so for that podcast website, again, you can use Capture to create all this, but you want to be able to, so it's the same rules that apply. You have a title that is optimized for your keyword, but the body of it is actually designed to do two things in my mind. One is it's designed to have people want to listen to your episode. And so as much as possible, the way that I think about the podcast website content is what story or what resources can I tell that will actually not necessarily give it all away, but will actually hook someone in to want to press play. So that's the first thing that 
you know, you want to do. And by the way, I say all this like, oh, it's really easy to create. Um, Capture makes it way easier to create, by the way. 100%. It's, yeah. I mean, you heard, like the, what I said in the beginning was absolutely true. And like, I have a <laughs> format that I'll talk about in a minute, but like Capture did make it easier. Oh, awesome. Okay, cool. Hashtag not a sponsor. Just like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the second thing that you wanted to do, well, that I, I use it for is to actually send people back from my episode. I call this the show notes funnel where I will actually drop a bonus clip in, or I will mention a bonus clip in my episode. I will direct people to my show notes. And in my show notes, which is the description in the player, I only ever have, I only have one link on there. And that one link is to my episode page, which is where then when I have all of the other resources. And the reason is because I want them to go through that journey. And when I mention that there is a bonus clip that they can opt into, that's also lead gen for me. I'm also capturing emails. So that's a big second thing that I want to create with my episode page. I love this because first of all, it totally works. Like I, <laughs> I signed up for your mailing list. I think uh, I'm on there twice yes. now. <laughs> because, so if you, if you see me unsubscribe, it's just because like I have two addresses. <laughs> but it totally were like with Ariel's episode. I think it was like things that people don't think about to grow their podcast. I'm like, this is good content. Totally, totally works. <laughs> so like, I love the bonus clip. I use it for for members. But the other thing that you mentioned here was like you have one link in the description that goes to the show notes page. Mm. I've seen more people do this. And I've taken a page from like Relay FM. Like I've done a lot of things that they do. And like I mean they're amazing. So this is not meant to be a dig at them or anything. But I feel like the way they do things is still like the way that start like starting a podcast like circa 2012 is how it was done, right? Where you include all the show and like I do this, all the show notes are in the description of the episode. But I think like you said, the benefit is you want to get people to an actual page that's kind of designed for a better experience. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So it has this really like, that's why I say this is at a minimum, you should have this because it has this neat way of A, it can get, it gets searched. So whenever we optimize, like that episode actually with, that I did with Ariel and Nissenblatt on community, that ranks on the on the first page of Google for oh, wow. the keyword that I was, the long tail keyword, you know, like, yeah. so it's so powerful to have you get searched and get your podcast found. But as you said, the, the other the great thing is that you want to design it in a way. So I put, a, I try to put like a lot of images because with SEO as well, there's all the rich media that you want to be putting mm-hmm. in, images and videos, et cetera. So right. I put in images that connect with people like the Ariel one for example it's like a selfie of me and Ariel to be like hey this is you know this is us at this squad cast meetup or whatever you know like it actually tells a story and people engage with that and they connect with that and that's what gets them sticking around longer yeah that's so smart too because like I mean Apple Podcasts have has made improvements over the last couple of years but like for a while like you couldn't even add formatted text to Apple yes. Podcasts like, yes. and I had no idea this is like why you should also check your podcast and like all the big apps Yes, because like it was either like unordered list or, or something like totally broke my show notes one day oh right I think that's super important right and so I just want to highlight like again something that I think we're all in, like a lot of podcasters are inclined to do is say my latest episode, well, I'm about to timestamp this episode hard because uh, <laughs> the latest episode of, of this show as we record this is you're writing your business book wrong with Josh Burnoff. And I could have just said like in this episode, I talked to Josh Burnoff about how to write a better business book, right? But like I opened with like, we live in an age where everything needs to be fast, easy, and in high volume. And I've seen people say, I'm going to write eight books this year. Josh Burnoff thinks that's a load of crap. Like that's the first two lines, right? That is 
if someone wants to write a book and has seen the literal person who I saw tweet, I'm going to write eight books this year. <laughs> like if they know who that person is, then they're going to be like, why is that a load of crap? Like that guy's a good writer or whatever. Yes. So like it's, it's, it should hook them in, right? Yes, and so, exactly. I think that's really important. And like you said, Capshow, or I mean parentheses or other AI tools, but I'm just, I have Deidre on the show because <laughs> Capshow is the best one I've used. Oh, thank you. <laughs> is really going to help you with that because I take notes during the show, but like, if I'm really into something you're saying, I'm probably forgetting to type it. And Capshow and other similar tools will help you surface some of those things that you forgot too. And, and oh yeah, we did talk about that for a while. And yes. you can integrate that. Even if you don't use the exact text that the tool spits out, you can wordsmith it and include some of your own little personal anecdotes or whatever in that as well. Yeah, for sure. I'll just rattle off the other two, at least from there. So at a minimum, have a podcast website. Above that, I would say definitely get onto YouTube as well. So YouTube is also another search engine. It's the second biggest owned by Google search engine. If nothing else, like I know that there's debates and I struggled with this, which is like, if you have an audio only podcast, how do you make all of that? And to be honest, for my podcast specifically, I just... I'm not really interested in getting people to listen to the podcast on YouTube. I'm actually more interested in getting, again, as I said, discovered. And then just whenever they have, and I'm very, you know, this is a podcast. So it's kind of like, just get discovered, make them aware of the fact that you have this podcast and then it can help them with their questions. And then they're going to listen to it, maybe not on YouTube, but it might be on Spotify or iTunes, somewhere else. And that's kind of how I think about YouTube for my whole podcast episode. But we have something really cool that we've just launched. It's called Creative Studio. And Creative Studio, there's actually a feature that we have in it called Segments. And what it does is it will actually pick out sections in your podcast that answer a specific question that you can actually edit together and create shorter YouTube videos designed for YouTube. So this is like three to five minute call them clips. They're not really, but they're, it'll give you guidance almost to be like, these are the parts that you can cut and piece together to create a way more impactful short form video because those are the videos that actually perform the best on YouTube. Short, straight to the point, how to tutorial style, answer a question, content. That's what we're helping creators create now. That's amazing. First of all, because it perfectly tees up my next question. So I wish I wasn't going to interject here, but I... <laughs> I I do want to like really drive this home because I, I think that there's been pushback on whether or not your show should be on YouTube. And like, absolutely it should, right? Mm -hmm. Even if it is audio only for the exact reasons that you mentioned, but also because like YouTube music, at least in the United States, as we record this, right, mm -hmm. is including audio only podcasts. Like you can do audio only now and soon you'll be able to connect your RSS feed. Like you, you want to be, it's like how Walt Disney, right? How he insisted that, their animated films or their animation, uh, like their cartoons, should be in color, even if every TV in America was still black and white. Yes. Because he wanted to make sure their whole back catalog was ready to go when color TVs hit the home. Yes. So like you want to be there. And like, I'll tell you, some of my episodes do better on YouTube, right? Than like in the, like the, I had one on generative AI for podcasting for my other podcast, which is, called The Profitable Podcaster as we record this, but will be called Podcast Workflows because I change that name like every day. It's <laughs> a real problem. I haven't found the right levers to pull for that one yet. But 
that episode five times more views on YouTube than it had downloads. So like just some things are really going to resonate and you want to be you want to be there. Like that's an audience. Like you said it's the second highest search engine exactly. on the internet. Yes. So that's like the second and just really quickly Joe, I know that we probably don't have a lot of time but the third one is long form blogging. An actual mm. blog. That's kind of almost, you know, so as I said, if for a search engine SEO perspective, like start with podcast website. If you have time, definitely get onto YouTube. And again, Capture can help you with that. It'll save you the time. And then the third one is to have a specific blog for your podcast, which is actually different to the podcast website because I kind of call the podcast website like it is a blog in some form. It's kind of, think about it as your expert blog, right? This is you kind of being like, this is what I have expertise in, or these are the, the expertise that my guests have in. And this is what we talk about and come listen, come join that conversation, right? It's very you-centric in a way. The blog that you want to be creating is more centric to your audience or to the people, your potential audience. This is, again, what Capture does is we create three types of blog posts. We create the how-to blog post, we create a listicle blog post, and we create a Q&A blog post. And those are designed specifically, the reason why we chose those three is because they're the highest performing blog posts that get searched and are optimized for search because people are searching for those things. They're searching for how do I do this thing or what are the best XYZs or, you know, that's, that's what they're actually searching for. And so having, if you want to really start to skyrocket your discoverability on search is just to have those other pieces of content on there as well. This is great. This is, I love it. Because it, it really feels like Capshow, right? Like you want to find the right niche and solve the right problem with your product. Mm-hmm. And I feel like where a lot of AI tools are just like, hey, we can do this now, right? Capshow, like uh, you've mentioned it a bunch of times, like we are optimizing for SEO and we are looking at keywords. Yes. And even if you're, I'm not an SEO expert, even though I've been making websites for most of my life at this point. Uh, Like I'm 37. I started when I was 14. (laughs) Like that's a whole thing unto itself, Mm -hmm. right? And, And so... It's really cool to have, to first of all, talk about these things because they are really important. I've been like beating the drum of have your own podcast website for you. Don't just link people to Apple Podcasts, especially now because like it's, I don't know, 25%, right? Like Spotify has really eaten their lunch over the last couple of years. Yes. So you want to have a place that works for everybody, not just like the, even if we look at people who own iPhones, like half the population, right? Like half the US population outside the US, it's like, 20%. Exactly. It's way lower. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So have your own show website. Really love that. There are lots of great tools. Be on YouTube and then long form blogging. Yes. Really important things. Yes. I feel like we could do an episode on each of those. I know, right? Yeah. So we have been talking for a while. I know we both have other uh, stuff to do soon. So I want to, we've talked about Cap Show a lot. In the pro show, we're going to talk about kind of working with AI in your own commercial tools. Mm -hmm. But I do want to mention repurposing content, right? Because I I, I was going to say like, is is it just clipping interesting segments, right? And Creative Studio is doing that. But is there there some kind of strategy or something else to think about when you're repurposing? 
Yeah. So you can probably tell that I nerd out on marketing. Like I love marketing and so do my co-founders. So, you know, what you were mentioning about the difference that you've personally seen in Capture is by design because we're marketers who built a marketing tool. I'm, I'm going to be kind of like, I don't want to you know, put anyone down, but the difference that we've seen and the difference in talking to people who've tried other tools, and you might've noticed this as well, Joe, is that they've just come in being like, oh, this is AI thing. There's, you know, open AI now I can access these APIs. I'm just going to prompt <laughs> some things. Yeah. And whereas like we are so intentional, like to the point of like, we sometimes split hairs on things that we sh- really shouldn't be because we are designing something to actually help you promote your show, your business, yourself at the end of the day. And so the way that Capture does that, the whole strategy behind it is kind of what I call content dripping, which is how do you actually create all of this? How do you repurpose your one piece of anchor content, which can be a podcast, it can be a live stream, it could be a vlog if you wanted to, like some piece of long form audio video content. How can you repurpose it in a way that gives that content so much life and longevity that you're actually creating a legacy out of it. And, you know, the things that we put into, you know, and and I'm sure you've seen, Joe, we have this block that we call content honey traps. You spoke about how you started your last episode that the time of this recording was. (laughs) Episode Um, that came out like a month and a half ago at this point. Yeah. As you hear this. Exactly. That was a hook. And that's, you know, we were very intentional to design, we call it content honey traps, but how do you create that curiosity to hook someone in to want to read the rest of what it is that you're that you're writing or that AI has helped you write? And then from there, you know, we we do things like as, as you said, Joe, we stop people in the middle of processing our episodes to get them to actually identify the topic that they want Capture to focus in on. And again, this is very intentional because when we talk about keywords and SEO, this is key, right? And we recommend, hey, here are five things that we've noticed that you could focus Capture in on. But if those don't work and you've done your own long tail keyword researching and you know exactly what you want that keyword to be, Here's an empty box. You just type that in and then we will create it based on that. So, you know, there's just so much of this. It sometimes goes unsaid, like, and because we just built it in and we're just like, yeah, because we're marketers and this is surely how everyone, but it actually is the juice. It's the superpower of what Capture does. So I'm just going to rattle off what Capture, the types of assets that it creates. So yeah, yeah, that have, sounds great. We have Copy Studio. Copy Studio helps you create your title and description your social media captions across almost all the platforms like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube Shorts, emails, both promotional and engagement emails. And by the way, I should say for the social media captions as well, it does promotional, engagement, and educational captions. Yeah, I noticed that. I really liked that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and that was again by design because as I said, how you want to use social media isn't just to like promote, promote, promote. You don't want to just get up on that stage and then, you know, F off after the party. (laughs) Like you want to actually stick around and then engage with people. Right. And so those were designed in that particular way. The emails, again, promotional and engagement. And you also get a YouTube description inside Copy Studio to help with that SEO, you know, search on YouTube. There's a Copy Boost with SEO Boost, which is like our next tier. And this will give you all of the blog posts that I mentioned. So how to listicle Q&A. So you can create those three different types of blog posts for your one piece of content. And you get the expert blog. And you get a LinkedIn newsletter to help you get discovered. 
And then on top of that, we have our creative studio, which we launched just, gosh, about a month ago when this episode goes live. And that creative studio is designed to help you identify sound bites. And the sound bites are based on what's the action that you want your audience to take? Do you just want them to become aware that you have a podcast? Do you want to get them to listen to your podcast or watch your video? Or do you want to actually engage them, create engagement, right? So based on those filters, we actually create sound bites for you. Um, the segments, the YouTube segments I already mentioned, it kind of like identifies key questions and then it helps you answer that by choosing, helping you choose the the actual sections of your episode that you can edit together. There's a script, a short form script generator as well. And it pulls out quotes. So uh, it's super that's powerful. Really good. Yeah, <laughs> that's huge. Because one of the things that I get asked a lot is I'm a podcast automation coach specifically, right? Like I love automations. I love helping save podcasters time. And a question I've been wrestling with lately, like Justin Moore asked me this and a few other people, like, how do I automate the promotional side of things? And I'm like, there's not a lot of good stuff right now. But like, right? Because like what I do, oh yeah, I'll record the video, I'll put it into script, I'll highlight the thing, I'll make it a portrait video, and then I'll export it, right? But like, you still got to find that stuff. And Creative Studio sounds like a game changer. Like, I'm really excited to try that because it is, it's one of the hardest things to do, right? Because you need to essentially like re-listen to the whole episode or transcribe the episode and, oh, is this, does this transcript really communicate what I actually said? Is this a good clip? Where do I start it? Where do I end it? So like that's game changer. Oh, thank you. Yes, we, we are so excited about this. It's completely new and it's, as you said, it we think it's going to be a game changer. So I'm glad that you said that too. <laughs> awesome. This has been amazing. I have a couple more questions that we'll, we'll cover in the pro show, which you can sign up over at howibuiltdiet slash pro for as little as $5 a month. But Deidre, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. If people want to learn more, first of all, full disclosure, I'm going to link my affiliate link in the show notes for Cap Show. Full disclosure. Um, but if people want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Yeah. So if you want to learn more about me personally, Facebook and LinkedIn is probably the best places to find me. Just my full name, Deidre Shen, which is the easiest name to spell, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, D-E-I-R-D-R-E-T-S-H-I-E-N. It is incredibly complicated, isn't it? <laughs> you're from you're from New Zealand, uh, Australia. Wash Dang. your mouth out, Joe. We God, <laughs> man. <laughs> no. It's we, edit we, that part out. We <laughs> we love the Kiwis, so I think that they would be more offended by you calling me. Yeah, that has um, been my experience. Yes, right. It's almost like little brother syndrome, right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, definitely. If you want to like link up with me, definitely do that to go there. But I actually want to be able to gift them something that's cool, Joe. And this yeah, is through your sure. affiliate link, actually. So. We talked a lot about discoverability, podcast discoverability, and the two, you know, types of platforms that you can get discovered in. I actually have a really short audio mini course where I dive into these concepts as well. And so that can be accessed for free through your affiliate link where people can also get an extended free trial of CapShow to go along with that. So nice. So that will be at how I built diet slash CapShow. And that's C-A-P-S-H-O. So how I built diet slash CapShow to get DJ's freebie. 
Yes. And use my affiliate link if you're interested. Yeah, do it. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. This has been so great. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. And thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Thanks to our sponsors for this episode. You can find all of the show notes, all of the great resources we talked about over at howibuilt.it slash 328. And until next time, get out there and build something. 